and I'm a leader. And so like I fire up the team, I bring enthusiasm and I'm a, I'm a team builder. And so it was kind of a trip to go through that and then be like, wait, is that like, okay, that I do that? Like, I actually don't even create it. I just come up with the idea. I say what result I want and then I give it to my team and then let them do it. And it's like, yeah, that's totally okay because that's what like CEOs, visionaries like do. Like, <laughs> right. Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. Hey, everybody, welcome into the podcast, friends, family, listeners far and wide. My name is Andrew Roberts. I am one of the two hosts of the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. Today is a really good episode. We talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Welty. He is a successful business owner uh, from San Diego, California, San Diego for Will Ferrell fans, and he owns a property management company out there. And it's very successful. He has a growth mindset. He's an awesome guy, very nice, very generous with his time. He is the man, and we really enjoy talking to him. Matt and I hopped on a video call with him, and we just recorded it. So this is less format or interview uh, formatted, and in this situation, you're kind of like a fly on the wall. So not too long of an episode. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Stick around to the end. We're at 130, like 30 or 40 single family, and then we we got like 150 HOA, and so we we don't know if we're you know spreading ourselves too thin, but we're just figuring out as we go and trying different things, taking risks. Cool, man, that's great. Yeah. Uh, who's on your team? Do you have any help uh, team members at this point? Yeah, we do. Uh, we I think we have six now. Yep, six full time people. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So we kind of like right now in our, uh, I guess, stage of the business is like everyone kind of has their specialty. Um, and so each person is somewhat their own department right now. Yeah. That's cool. That's smart. Um, a big push we're doing that I've learned in my coaching program, strategic coach is about unique ability and that everyone has, uh, something they're uniquely good at that gives them passion and right. actually energy. Not that they're just like good at it, but they actually could do it all day. Yeah. yeah, energy. And so we're doing an exercise where everyone's really trying to figure out what that is. And we're rearranging kind of the roles, to make sure people are in the right spots um, cool. on the bus, because I think I have the right people I just need to find the right seats. You know, I that's, that's, dude, we're in the same spot as, as we talked about this is like, one of our deals has been, you know, find good people and hard workers and bring them on the team and then figure that role out. Um, but we have like two or three that we're trying to figure it out at the same time as my wife needing help you know, because she's getting a hundred calls and a hundred emails. So it's just a lot all at once. Yeah. Um, but. Totally. A really easy way to do it. If you're interested is you probably heard this, make a list of every, everything you do, like you or your team members do during the day, okay. for like two or three days. And then you mark everything either incompetent, which means you're like, you shouldn't be doing it. You're incompetent at it. Um, you're competent or, or the third one is you're excellent. And then the fourth one is unique ability. So like you go each activity, you identify those. And when I first did it, I was working like 5% of my day in unique ability. Yeah. And uh, now I'm working like 95%, which is super, you know, awesome right. for, for your mental well-being and just your productivity of your, of your business. Sure. And uh, 
it never really occurred to me like, oh, maybe I, so you start with like the incompetent, you give that away. And then you go to the competent, give that away. And then it never really occurred to me, like, even though I'm excellent at this, if it doesn't give me passion, I probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you work your way up. And then pretty soon you're like business development. Like I was bringing on accounts, but like I didn't get passion from business development. So I gave it away to someone that's right. super passionate about it. So it's kind yeah. of cool. Interesting. Very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so who is like the actual, how's the property manager set up within your company as far as the, the one person that's handling all the calls? Like what does that role look like? Yeah. So we have three property managers and about 565 uh, homes, mainly houses okay. and then some duplexes and quads. Uh, so three managers handle all that. They handle anything client facing and then the turnovers and the marketing of the property. Uh, we've done it every which way. And I don't think there's really a right way. It just depends on who you have as a team. You know, that was one of the mistakes I made was like, Oh, how do you do it? Oh, and then changing to that person's, but it's like, it all depends. There's no right way. You know what I mean? But, um, so they handle all that. We have a maintenance person that handles all the dispatching of the maintenance and all that. And does that person, uh, like get paid a salary? Uh, they're hourly. Hourly. Okay. Yeah. And that person, um, we're actually, he shows a lot of promise. So he's working on uh, putting together all the processes and checklists for, to actually give it to a VA in Mexico. Okay. And he, so, handles, well, he handles all 536 pretty much. Yeah. Like all the calls and everything. For maintenance. Yeah. And we yeah. use property meld, which cuts way down on all the, all the calls and all the scheduling. And it's a fantastic tool. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Um, with the maintenance, do you guys have an upcharge? We don't have an upcharge. So what we do is we, I was taught this, I did not come up with this, but I think it's brilliant. It's called a vendor marketing fund. Okay. And so the idea is all your vendors, their business grows as your business grows by default and they don't have to do anything. Makes sense. So I kind of shot a video and I put together this little one page and I said, Hey, we're going to go, here's the vision for the company. We're going to go to 3000 units by 2022. And I'm looking for vet, you know, contractors that want to grow with us. And the thing is though, when I get a hundred houses, you get another hundred houses to work on. So I want you focusing on just being a great vendor and I'm going to handle your marketing from my side, you know, right. So you're going to put 5% of whatever you bill us into a fund. I'm going to put 5% of whatever our management fees are and we're going to invest in marketing and we're going to grow the business. And, um, the cool thing is it's kind of a handshake deal. So like if you want out, you can go out at any time. You should be able to see an ROI on your investment because, uh, you know, you're going to be our preferred vendor. And we've found this is a win, win, win because it actually makes them more of a partner with your business. Uh And so, they're, you're a lot more, they're a lot more willing to communicate issues to you, meet with you. Like, how can we fix this? How can we fix this? So your owners ultimately get better service. Um, now I was very clear. It's not a markup. So you can't now, I went to all my existing vendors. I'm like, you can't now mark your prices up 5%. Right. And just being part of this doesn't mean you get the job. It means you get the first crack at the job. Ultimately the client's best interest comes first. So it has to be a fair price, um, in line with the market. So um that's been really cool yeah that's very cool that's a great idea yeah i like it a lot well shoot a ton of money too yeah 
we might have to get with you more on that if you don't mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's I like that. Happy to share. Um, yeah. And uh, hey, I know it's we just got straight into business, but I would love to hear uh, more about your background. And I love the music for your podcast. Yeah, oh, thanks, man. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, very unique. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, so I'm a songwriter. It's my side hustle in college. I was like a you know musician and band and stuff. And I kind of dropped it a while back. I kind of came to a crossroads. It was like business or music. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be okay, you know, 10 years from now if I'm broke. Sure, <laughs> so, yeah. so I kind of went business and kind of like, unfortunately dropped the music, but um, I ended up meeting uh, an entrepreneur in the strategic coach program who kind of, I was telling him about that. I was like, yeah, I play, but I don't play anymore. He's like, that's sad. And I was wow. like, I was like, yeah, that is kind of sad, I guess. And he's like, well, you have a guitar in your office, don't you? And I was like, well, no. And he's like, don't you own the company? Like, why don't you have a guitar in your office? And I was like, wow. He's like, yeah, you can just play it like a couple of minutes a day. And I'm like, yeah, wow. So it's just like those people you meet, those light bulb moments kind of went off. And so I think uh, playing music a little bit each morning and is really a big benefit to my creativity and, uh, you know, my headspace to being a good entrepreneur and serving my customers. Nice. That's awesome. So, yeah. It's like a, it's somewhat like a form of rest, right? Kind of like to separate like business and then kind of let you kind of like, like I said, rest and like kind of rebuild and gear back right. up for, for work, work. Right. Totally. Totally. That's awesome. That's very cool. Um, how did you actually get into property management? So it's funny. I'm actually shooting a video today that is telling the story a little bit behind this. Not that it's some breakthrough story. We're going to try to condense it. Uh, into a few minutes, but there's um, stories big right now. I don't know if you're following a lot of like marketers that like at storytelling brand storytelling branding. Yeah, we all, yeah, we all have a story, and so my story was basically my dad was in real estate, so I kind of like got into it after college. Was doing pretty well the first couple of years, like a lot of people. Then 2008 happened, and I couldn't, you know, sell anything, and so right. I hated my job. And you know, I really didn't want like my face on a bus bench, and I didn't want to like work open houses. Not that there's anything wrong with that; it just wasn't for me. And I, actually, at the time, I didn't know this, but like, I, I wasn't introduced to Gary Keller at the time. But like, people actually like the most. Uh, successful realtors actually don't sell houses. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They have teams that sell the houses. Right. And I, I didn't know that existed at the time. I just thought like I had to be the person. So like people on the bus bench, like they're not actually selling the house. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, so I was broke and I answered an ad for a French guy in Carlsbad up the, in San Diego. And he needed, he owned real estate and he was an entrepreneur and he wanted someone to manage his manager and like watch over his manager for all his units. <laughs> he didn't trust him. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it, the job title was a personal assistant. So like I did that. I like picked up his dry cleaning and took his dog for a walk and managed his managers. So like, that's awesome. Yeah. I was like 26 years old. I was like, you know, it was kind of a turning point in my life. Yeah. Um, and so I did that and I learned a lot and then I decided, Hey, I could do this. And I partnered with a friend. We started a company group built it like over five years to like 250 houses or so. And then we ended up parting ways just cause we had a different vision of like where we were wanted to go. Um, you know, she kind of wanted to stay, keep it small. And I kind of wanted to go big. So we amicably parted ways and, um, I started good life in 2013. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. That's uh, cool. When you parted ways, did y'all like split the properties? How did that transition work? 
Yeah, so we split the properties. Um, the cool thing with management is it's pretty easy business to split up. But yeah, we just split the properties. And actually, we did kind of like a draft. Like she got to pick and I got to pick like, because you know, some, <laughs> here, some properties here is here. It was pretty funny though. But um, it actually did, initially she was not okay with it. And we had to go to mediation and it wasn't like always easy at first. Wow. Because I think the problem we made is we never really discussed like, hey, what if in 10 years, like, I don't want to work anymore? Or, you don't want to work anymore. Like, right. Um, so we never really talked about that. But, uh, but all's well that ends well. We learned a lot from it. We're like dear friends to this day. Cool. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we, when we first started, uh, we had a partner out of College Station and we kind of learned all their systems and thought we could replicate that model in Austin. And we ended up splitting up as well. And it, it was fine. We basically just bought them out, uh, but went through that transition as well. Yeah. Okay. And what did you learn? What are your big takeaways from that? Well, we, we learned that uh, like College Station versus Austin, obviously are different markets, but trying to have a management model in a totally different market, it, it, the same one might not always work. Like mm -hmm. to grow in a, a city that's full of 60,000 students is different than if you're doing it in Austin. So uh, we just, we, we were getting a lot of advice, but they didn't know how to help us grow. And we were figuring that out on our own. And so we're growing the business all on our own. And we're like, why do we need partners? So we just ended up buying them out. Got it. Got it. And Andrew, you're the director of marketing, right? Correct. Yeah. So okay. I came on, I came on um, about a year and a half ago. So um, after they, um, had it up and running. That's when I, when I jumped on board. Okay, cool. And then how are your guys's duties split? Like obviously marketing, but like what other hats do you wear? And what about you, Matt? What's your superpower? Uh, I, I love, uh, networking, meeting people, being out and building relationships. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I try to do as many coffee meetings as I can, uh, four to five a week. And nice. for example, I met a realtor yesterday and then she tagged me in a post and this guy's buying 10 units all at once. So I've just seen how fast that that works. And I think Austin and, and I'm sure other markets are like this as well. It's just really referral based. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, my thing is just try and get in front of as many people as I can. I love that. So you're, you, you do the business development, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So I was taught by some people early on that like, oh, before you get a business development manager or whatever, you got to have enough leads to come in. And then I actually was fortunate enough to meet this other guy that was like, screw that. Like, that's what this person should go do. <laughs> like, they should go get the business. Like, not now there is inside and outside sales, but like when you're trying to grow, you got to scrap. And so uh, the coffee meetings have been huge for my business development manager. Um, we track he needs to have 15 sales conversations a day. That's like reaching someone, having a meaningful conversation. Wow. Two, two coffees or lunches a week. And then, um, and then we track like appointments and whatnot. Uh, oh, like two realtor offices a week. So drop-ins. And so it's like habits. Like if you track that, and it took about four or five months, but after that time, our referral like uh, business is growing quite a bit now. So that's, awesome. that's great that you're doing those coffee meetings. The relationships are huge. I've seen the same thing. Yeah. And you know what? The managers I've been told that are really killing it. The ones that are growing. And this is from someone that looks at a lot of companies because they, he buys companies. It says the ones that are really killing it are the ones that have great outbound programs. 
So if you can bottle what you do and then ultimately maybe when you go to scale it with someone else. Yeah. Um, really can, you, can you explain on that? The outbound programs? Yeah. So like outbound sales. So that's what like I would consider going to coffee with someone. Right. Right. Or like cold calling a for rent sign. Got it. Got or it. just dropping in a realtor office yeah. office or going to the local investors club. Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. And then do you guys have a um, multiple property owner package, like a certain fee for a property owner if they have multiple properties? We do. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I love that. I think I saw that on your website. And is that working well? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, I mean, we just pitched a guy yesterday with these 10 units. Hopefully we'll get that one. Uh, but nice. we, we have a good amount of owners that have, you know, 10 or 15 units. We got plugged in with one uh, actual waste disposal company here that buys all the properties around their facilities. And we have like 35 units from them. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so it also, it also kind of like creates that incentive for people who maybe only own like one or two properties to, to buy more. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and just continue, I guess, their investing career. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So how are you guys getting people to buy more property? Like, um, are well, you doing any initiatives or like, uh, we, we want, we're really lucky and you're in a great market. We're lucky to be in Austin. So it's not super hard to convince people. Right. People are just out there. Cool. Right. So we're, you know, we get a lot of calls. It's, it's hard to go buy investment properties that will cash flow. Right. So you have to be patient. Uh, but we have, there's, there's plenty of demand. It's more of the supply. Got it. Yeah. The deals are harder to come by. Um, it's interesting. I did a video, a Facebook live on this yesterday and we're in a great market, San Diego, but, it's an appreciation market. So like the cash flow is not there. It's actually never been there. Actually, I, there was a time in the downturn when you could actually buy houses that cash flowed in San Diego. And it like, I bought all I could, but that was like one house, two houses, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, uh, but the people that were able to have some money then did really well. But, uh, I encouraged my clients. So this helps with two things. It helps people to buy more property in San Diego, number one, and two, it helps reduce churn, which is people canceling, right. Or selling. Mm-hmm. And I talk about the power, the five, you know, power, or the power of realist, rental real estate. And first is like obviously the write-offs, so right. your tax savings. But the big one's depreciation, which a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, twenty-seven sure. and a half years. You know, on a four hundred thousand dollar house, it's about eleven G's a year. Your marginal tax rate's thirty percent. That's like a three thirty-five hundred dollar cash in your pocket, right? Like yeah. now, everyone's taxes are a little different. It depends on how much money you make. You got to talk to your CPA, but just speaking generally. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, real cat, like cash flow. There's the real term of cash flow, but then there's also like from an investment standpoint. So I was talking to the CPA, his name's Brandon Hall. He's from the real estate CPA. He has an awesome podcast Mm -hmm. and awesome website and content. And he, we were talking about this and he was like, you know what most people don't look at is like, okay, let's say your mortgage is two grand and your rent is 1800 you're $200 negative, right? So a lot of owners, especially in San Diego are like, Oh, I'm, I might sell. I, I don't want to be 200 negative or whatever. Sure. And so we're like, okay, well let's look at it. First off that $2,000 payment is a certain portion of that is principal, right? Mm-hmm. So like, let's say 500 is principal. So that's, that's not money you lose. That's going into your house as equity. That's right. a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Right. For so sure. that's a, that's actually a $1,500 payment. So you're actually cash flowing $300 a month. Got it. Yeah. But I mean, semantics, you're technically not because cash flow is an inflow and outflow. But 
from an investments perspective. Right. Right. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I had to, I kind of had to explain that to my wife because um, we're buying our first, um, Matt and I are buying our first rental property together. And my nice. wife, my, yeah, we're real excited about it. My wife is like still not, I guess, on the real estate investing train yet. And so she was like, I had to break it down for her and say like, we're not spending money. We're just putting our money from a savings account into a different savings account, which is, savings. which is a rental house, yeah. you know? Right. So we're just moving it. We're not spending it. We're moving the money, you know, somewhere else that was actually going to help create more money, you know, over the long Yeah. Run. And in fact, someone else is going to pay for it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to use someone else's money, the bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's going to increase in value. Yeah. Uh, but she's at the point where I think a lot of people are at the very beginning is you're just a little hesitant and nervous and then it just gets way easier as mm -hmm. you probably know. Mm -hmm. Totally. So we, we named the LLC after her and the goal is to one day have, you know, 15, 20 and she's like loving that LLC. Yeah. Oh man. That's so money. I love that. Yeah. Make it, <laughs> yeah. Make it hers, you know, and like, uh, yeah. Yeah. ownership. Right. So that's super cool. Um, and then the third one, I'm sure you have this too. I think the third was uh, appreciation, obviously. Right. So, um, in San Diego, you know, there's two types of markets, right? There's like usually cash flow markets and appreciation markets. And, um, you know, let's say you're $200 negative, but the place goes up historically 5% a year, you know, on yeah. 400 grand, what is that? 20 grand. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Long term. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's say like the AC goes out and you have a horrible year and it costs you 10 grand. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yeah. well you, you made 10 grand now. Yeah. The market doesn't always go up, but if you're talking buy and hold, which I think we're talking about, yes. I, you know, yeah. then, then it's an amazing strategy. Um, Fourth is leverage. So, right, you use other people's money, you use the bank's money. Right. And uh, so you get that 5% appreciation, not just on the 80 grand you put down for the $400,000 house, but on the whole shebang. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So, like, you, you're actually, your return is a lot better than you thought. And then the fifth one, which I love the most, is like, I'm a very simple person. And so I'm like, if I do nothing else, if I screw up everything in business, if I can just hold on to this rental property, I'll be able to create generational wealth for, like, my mm -hmm. family. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because in 30 years, this $400,000 house is going to be worth two, three million bucks. Right. Yeah. Like, if not more, you know what I mean? It just is. Yeah. Unless something major happens. So I was kind of fired up about um, helping explain that to my clients and help them see some things from a different perspective to, again, encourage investing and reduce churn. Sure. Yeah, definitely. All great points. That's like the, I mean, you talk about you know, providing, you know, selling years down the road, potentially, and, you know, providing, um, you know, income, you know, down the road thing long term. And, you know, that's like the why behind, you know, at least why, you know, I'm doing real estate investing is like, so that, you know, my kids and my grandkids, you know, will be provided for. And we'll oh. also learn these same principles, mm -hmm. uh, you know, through so, so that they can, you know, invest in real estate, you know, whenever they're at that age. Totally. And are you guys pay down the debt investors or are you of the mindset of refinance and boot again? Refinance. Uh, if you can have positive leverage, you know, if you're borrowing at five and you can make seven or eight or better mm -hmm. do that all day. That's mm -hmm. my theory. Right. Right. So that's a good theory. I, there's two schools of thoughts. I'm, I'm honestly kind of on the fence with it, to be honest. Like I became a big Dave Ramsey guy for a long time and I still am like, I love Dave Ramsey. Yeah. And he's like the big, like, pay cash no matter what, like you never get a loan. 
Right. Never going um, to debt. Yeah. Right. Right. And so like I do that on the personal side now, but like, I still feel like if you're going to make an investment purchase, it's okay to like use debt, use, you know, that for I, sure. I agree. My, my thought on that, I mean, it's great principles, uh, but I'm like the anti Dave Ramsey. <laughs> nice. Uh, I love it. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm all about leverage, but I, but I understand the most important thing is to not get over leveraged. Right. I think with the Ramsey principle, it's great for people that are in debt and, and don't yeah. want to like really grow it. But you, I just know you can't grow and do things on an exponential level by just having no debt. It's, you just can't. Totally. It's very difficult. Um, you know, he's making a ton of money, so like he can pay cash for stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, that's not for everyone. But yeah, I think just like anything, you take and take what's valuable, leave. He's got some great debt pay down stuff. But like, for sure. The thing with, uh, and you're right, lever, uh, not to get over leveraged is the key because that's something he talks about. It's like, yeah, you can borrow at five and make seven, but you're not factoring in risk. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. nobody factors risk there. Like you're just assuming you're going to get seven. But right. so it's like, you, you've got to be smart. You've got to not be like too over leveraged and you know, being realistic, I guess, in your forecast and stuff. Yeah, just to, just to where you're prepared to weather a downturn for a, a right. couple of years in the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I mean, that's the benefit with like looking at it long term and with buy and hold is that like you could potentially wait it out, you know? <laughs> you got your Sorry, My dog's like chewing like a, what are you doing? <laughs> you got a bone? Got... <laughs> All right. Sorry, guys. No, it's okay. But yeah, so like, I mean, people who, you know, bought pre-2008, like if they held on to it until now, like they're fine, yeah. you know? And right. so uh, like thinking at it long term is like, it minimizes, I guess, the risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, the long-term strategy, a lot less risky. I, I get that. Sure. Yeah. Are you buying right now? So good question. I am again on the fence. So... <laughs> I'm trying not to slip back into my old ways, but on a recent podcast of mine, uh, Good Life Property Management podcast, I talked about back in the day, I was going through all this like struggle mentally and like, I was like not in a right good spot and I couldn't figure out. And I realized it all came down to I was a poor decision maker. Like I wasn't making decisions. So like I've, that's the second time on this podcast I've referenced I'm on the fence. Basically all that means is that I haven't made a decision about something. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that, like, so I gotta be cognizant of that because procrastinate you know like it's okay to think something i want to think it through and then put it off to the side so anyway to answer your question um i'm not really actively buying right now and the reason is is that i'm blessed to have a business and i'm putting all my money and time into my business right yeah you know what i mean um and i've got a few rent uh, a few units and i've got my house and I'd love to buy again. I just, uh, man, I'm like writing songs. I'm working on my business. I'm just like finding another house right now isn't yeah. on my top priority. But I've been thinking, and I'm talking to my marketing person. I'm like, we need to start marketing our owners for a new property because I've got some employees that want to buy. Yeah. So I'm like, we should pool, do an LLC, and purchase one of our own inventory that comes up before it hits the market. You know what I mean? It's a great idea. Yeah. That makes sense. What about you guys? Uh, you're, you're in escrow, right? Or did you close or what? Uh, we got two. One we're trying to flip and okay. one we're going to hold. Yep. Nice. Um, and uh, we're in the, right in the middle of them. So we'll probably close in the next like 15 days or so. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. So how'd you come across those deals? We got them from a 
two different wholesalers uh, that just found them. Mar- one of them, the wholesaler marked it up 6,000. Uh, the other one, he marked it up 13. And we, we believe that there's still a good amount of equity there. Nice. Yeah. And so like Matt will like come across these deals or people will, you know, give these or show these deals to, to Matt and like, he'll just like see the value in it and he'll be like, let's go for it. Like, I have no idea how we're going to do it, but let's do it. Let's do it. Like I see yeah. value in it. And so like, we'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like his, his policy. How does that make you feel, Andrew? <laughs> it's, uh, it's exciting. It's really exciting, but sometimes it's a little like, I feel a little uneasy at the same time, but I'm right. him and he's always made good decisions when it comes to real estate. So that's kind of like the big thing is trust. So. That's cool, man. Yeah. It sounds like Matt kind of learns by doing kind of like me, like there's a, um, there's a personality test called the Colby K O L B E. Uh And I have all my team do it. And one of the big things that's helped us dramatically at at my, my business is having everyone do a Colby test, having everyone do a strength finders and having everyone working toward their unique ability, because you'll find out like I had my, like my guy who's horrible at processes from a Colby standpoint, like doing all the processes. Like, so you just have people that like in the wrong seat. So the Colby, it, it is, it tells you how you make decisions naturally. So like it's, it's, it's a little different than like strength finders. It's a decision-making test. And so one of, uh, it, it's a fact finder, follow through quick start and implementer. So fact finder is like, if you have to figure something out, like how do you research? do you go deep or do you like just try to get the facts? Like fact finder, I'm very like shallow. Like I just like a summary. I don't research. Like I just need a quick bullet point. Like I'll skim a blog article for just the nuggets quickly. Like I don't read the article generally. Yeah. Um, But quick, same. Yeah. So we're probably similar, uh, Matt. So like quick start, I'm an eight. So like I'm almost a 10 quick start, which is the highest, which means I learn by doing like I, and the, the cool thing with that is like, I'll make 10 decisions and eight of them will be bad. Yeah, but two of them will work. But in the same time, someone else who's a low quick start makes one decision. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? After researching it for a long time. So yeah, it, uh, you kind of need a little bit of both. So like the people that just go do and mess up and that's kind of me too. So I read <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling you here, man. I'm feeling you. <laughs> and you know what's cool about that test is it makes you it okay. It like tells you like, you shouldn't apologize for like who you yeah. are. Like I used to like beat myself up. Like, Oh, I just need to like stop doing that. It's like, no, it's like, that's who you are. Like you should celebrate that. Right. Um, I used to beat myself up for like always switching like tasks and like being scatterbrained. And it's like, no, that's what quick starts do. Like right. they're like, they're, they can't focus, yeah. you know, and especially you low follow throughs. Yeah. So like using that to like, your like, that's a strength. And so use it as opposed to like, thinking that it's bad and like trying to fight, fight yourself on it, I guess. Totally. And then just, I think like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about a lot, self-awareness, you know what I mean? We got, (laughs) I I got a a couple pairs of shoes for our company. Oh, nice. Yeah. We're big on the Gary V. V. Awesome. He's so cool, man. I I pop in every once in a while to check out his podcast. Um, I was kind of like, he talks about like, I, I, consumed his content all the time for like a period. And I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I got the message. I'm yeah. good. I just got to go work. Right. Yeah, exactly. Holy. But it's so great. Cause he's so positive. Like he talked about, he gave me the best message the other day. He's like, you know, if I wake up and like me and nine other people on the planet are healthy, then like, it's impossible for me to have a bad day. Like, yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's like all about perspective. perspective you know? 100%. Like I've always like thought about that. Like you could look at the richest guy in the world, and look at, you know, someone who's homeless, who has nothing. 
and like the homeless person could be, um, you know, happier than, than the person who has all the money in the world. You know, it's all about perspective and right. how you view your situation. You know, it's totally. like you every day, like choose to be, choose to be happy. Totally. And that's like what you're talking about with, uh, like knowing, you know, not thinking you have a problem cause you're scatterbrained, but you embrace that. Like, this is who I am. This is actually something that I'm good at. And I like having multiple things and taking risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So you just own it and then you like triple down, right? You talk to right. Yeah. Triple down. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that helped me a lot. That's what I figured out. I was like, so what am I really great at? And so I spend only, I spend my time now just doing that. Um, so like I work from home uh, three days a week and then I come into the office one day a week and um, I've kind of cultivated key managers now at the office that are really good at what they do. And I come in and so my superpower, what I'm, my unique ability is, is, like I'm, uh, I love searching out new ideas and like uh, self improvement. So like always innovating and improving. And it's funny because when you do the unique ability exercise, there's a book. It's called Unique Ability 2.0. It's on Amazon. It's like 50 bucks. It comes with a workbook. I highly recommend it. it changed my life. Um, the thing is, uh, your unique ability. It's so normal to you that you won't see it. Like you won't even. Like when you try to figure out, like I always thought my unique ability was like marketing or like some, you know, sales thing or you know, whatever it is. But what you end up, what I end up finding out because you have to email 10 people in your sphere and say, Hey, like, I need your help. Like, what do you see that I'm really good at? Like, what do you think? Like what kind of person am I, et cetera. And my buddy Clint actually identified it for me. He's like, you constantly are improving your life and like, you know, finding ways to like make your team better. And like, that's actually really unique. Like most people don't want to be bothered like with stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's, I guess that's true. Like, cause I wake up, I fire up a podcast. I like read, I like do it. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm always like learning and, and that's like what gives you me need that progress. Yeah. Right. I could do it all day. And so yeah. like that's, so I do that. And then I bring the ideas to my team and I have an implementer who then takes my idea and like makes it a reality. And then I go to, on to the next idea. And, That's awesome. And I lead the team and I'm a leader. And so like I fire up the team, I bring enthusiasm and I'm a, I'm a team builder. And so it was kind of a trip to go through that and then be like, wait, is that like, okay that I do that? Like I actually don't even create it. I just come up with the idea. I say what result I want and then I give it to my team and then let them do it. And it's like, yeah, that's totally okay because that's what like CEOs, visionaries like do. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Do the freaking thing. They figure <laughs> out, they, they just say where to steer the ship. Right. Exactly. Um, as you can tell, I'm fired up with that. And if I'm fired up, you know, then I, I want to get other people in that same boat where they're just doing things that fire them up. That's awesome. Love it. That's so cool. Yeah. I firmly believe in like playing to your strength, you know, like finding that unique ability, like you said, like your superpower and like using that, not, not trying to do something that you're not good at, not forcing yourself to do something that you don't enjoy either. Right. And we had that sort of happen with you. Yeah. Andrew started off as a leasing agent and he was with us for a year and a half and didn't really love it. Nope. And now he's on fire because we found this social media marketing platform that he's really good at and he has a passion to do it. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Now platform, what are you talking about a certain software or just, no, your, just like the, the, podcast, the yeah. Snapchat, Facebook, film yeah. stuff, YouTube, all that. Yeah. And building the following. Yeah. And Perfect. So hey, like, Andrew, I, I got to get you on a call with my marketing lady, Olivia. Would I'd you love you guys to mastermind or something? Um, yes. So yeah. what's going on in marketing? What's exciting? Like, what are you helping your clients do? Anything come to mind? Like I can learn from? 
So I guess not necessarily like marketing uh, for our clients or like our, our properties. Like it's kind of like the basic stuff with that with like MLS and then like listing sites, like they go out to Zillow and all those stuff. Um, and we do post our properties like on our social media, but like my efforts are more towards like growing the business and, and yeah, new clients. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, right now it's kind of like just like figuring things out, you know, like kind of like testing the waters. Um, so mm. like gearing our website more towards, um, like it being lead generation, right. Uh, so creating forms, um, kind of like seeing what, what does well. Um, and then as well, like basically kind of trying to create as much content as possible. Um, like I, we were talking about Gary Vee and so, um, we're big on what, uh, you know, what he says and that's like, just kind of like create as much as possible, right? Provide value, um, mm. to, uh, your audience. Right. And right. So that's just kind of like, honestly, like a shotgun approach right now. So like we started the podcast, um, you know, trying to get more video content, um, just creating that brand awareness. Right. Yeah. Awesome. I love your website. I love the messaging, the financial freedom starts here. Nice. You're so like, selling the vision. I really dig that. Yeah. And you were talking earlier about like story, right? And how story is big and mm. like, I'm huge on that. So I know you said that, um, you know, you're, I guess you're passionate about music, right? Mm. Um, and then you kind of realize that that necess might not necessarily pay the bills at that time. Um, my story is like, I'm passionate about acting. Nice. <laughs> So, but I didn't want to be a broke actor for the rest of my life. <laughs> and so right. I gravitated towards real estate. Um, but like, so telling a story is something that like I love and I'm passionate about. Like I enjoy movies and film. And that's how like, I feel like movies do so well is that they create a story you're able to relate to the character. And so you're emotionally attached. And right. So that in like real life, you know, like if we are able to build these relationships and create that story so that people are emotionally attached to us and our company, like they will trust us with whatever we're going to do, you know, as far as property management is. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that, you know, we are going to do like we have, um, you know, we're, we're genuine people, but getting that like foot in the door is the, right. is the thing. Right. And that's where story comes in. And that's where I see value. And what I'm trying to create is like create that story behind the company as opposed to like, we don't like, it's not just a service that we provide a property management. Like we're a family and we're, right. we, we have that story. So. I love that. I love that. Um, you guys are going to go places for sure. If you've got that messaging and that outlook and um, you know, strong sales and marketing team. I like that. Yeah. Um, Thanks, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, the story. So what we're doing with this video, I'd love to get your feedback actually is like, there's this company called Tuft and Needle. Okay. And it's a mattress company. Okay. And I, I was looking for a mattress and I went to this website and it was like our story. And I clicked the video. I watched this five minute video, pulled out my credit card, $700, like didn't even like look at like, right. I was just like so sold on their story. Like, and I was like, resonated with who they were yeah their videos you should check out the video but basically it's like hey like my mark i'm jim we started this company like have you ever been looking for a mattress and it like sucks and like you don't know what to buy and like salesmen that you can't trust well we did and like but we decided to do something about it let me tell you the story and like so it says like how they like started and then they like tested these things and they had these struggles and then they overcame all in like a five minute video mm -hmm. 
And then they're like, we're changing the world. Like one, you know, they, we're just doing mattresses now, but like the next thing we're going to do, like stay tuned. Like, and so I was just like, wink, like swipe the credit card. But, uh, yeah. so I'm trying to do a, a similar video. And so I'll, I'll awesome, I'm excited man. to see how that comes out. Today. That's so cool. What's that? What'd you say the video or the name of the company? I want to look it up. Yeah. Check it out. It's called Tuft, T-U-F-T, uh, T-U-F-T and Needle. Got it. But yeah, that's it. There's so they rearranged their website a little bit. So I think you got to like scroll down and f- go to like about us or something and click our story or something. Yeah. Cool. That's I'm awesome. on it. Yeah. Cool. Like the concept behind like creating that story is like the big domino effect. So like if you are able to create that story and people believe in it, that's just knocking down the big domino. And basically everything, like you said, you pulled out your credit card right then. Like nothing else mattered because you yeah. believed in them. And there was, that was the big domino, right? It was that story, mm-hmm. that video. And so uh, you bought in basically. Yeah. And the thing is I learned from this guy that, so there's two sides of your brain. There's like the analytical and the creative. And you would think that story appeals to like your creative, but it actually appears appeals to your analytical side of your brain Mm -hmm. because your brain wants to like make sense of like what you're hearing and what you're listening to and, and like lead you to a decision. So your, your brain's always looking for like reasons to make a decision. Right. Yeah. So, um, so the cool thing with uh, the story videos is it just like it endears you to the customer. And like another example is one of our vendors who joined the vendor marketing program. And he's like, Steve, I love it. I want to grow with you. We're going to knock the socks off your customers, you know, jobs. And we're going to continue to do that. Here's ideas I have. He's like, but let me tell you a little bit about just like who I am first. We haven't met. He's like, you know, I had this company like five years ago. It went belly under. I decided to do what I loved, which was fixing homes. And, you know, I partnered with my wife and we're really big into faith and like our church and like we've been able to like do this. And like I would run through a wall for this guy, like after three minutes of meeting with him, just because he had a story and like everybody has a story. Yeah. Nobody tells their story and nobody right. has pictures on their website of who they are, or videos or like explains their personality. And so if you can do those things, I think you're, you're in a lot better shot to really resonate with the right types of people. Um, for sure. Cause I think as we've been more transparent and, and more, uh, you know, building content around who we are, I've actually seen periods of time where leads like tapered down a little bit or even stayed steady, but our conversion ratio went way up because we, the people that were calling were like already sold, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it's not always like top of funnel leads. It's like, you know, how you're converting, right? So right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to push is cause I just, I'm not a sales guy at all by any means. And, um, and it makes me super uncomfortable to like be in a sales situation. And so that's why I like firmly believe in like this whole story thing and like brand is that, so that way people, the people who come to us, like they already want to, to use our services that we provide. Like we don't, there's no convincing that has to be done, you know? Mm -hmm. So very cool. Awesome. Andrew's handling the soft sale and then I got the hard clothes coming in. (laughs) <laughs> nice man good one too much <laughs> that's great uh i'm working with a guy right now who's helping us with our sales process and the synergy between sales and marketing is really like where the magic happens you know yeah uh, so so that's great for sure so you have this um this event coming up in is it october oh the mastermind event yeah yeah that's i'm cool. coming i'm gonna i'm gonna book <laughs> it yeah book it man hey we have like two spots left so you should i'm gonna i'm gonna do it tonight i'm coming all right all right cool come man (laughs) i'm excited (laughs) um 
do you want to, so do you want to dive into that? I guess, uh, tell, I mean, I obviously have, you know, read about it, but kind of like, what is it going to entail? Like what's, what's it going to be about? Yeah, totally. So let me give you a little background why. So I read the, about three years ago, I reread the book, Think and Grow Rich by mm -hmm. Napoleon Hill. And I missed a very important part the first time I read that, which is it's very clear that you need to start a mastermind and like be involved in a mastermind. It's like, whether, whether you started or not, I think is not as important as like you're in one. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I needed to do that. So I put a message on NARPM listserv and I said, I answer these questions. And I started a mastermind like three years ago with eight or nine people. We meet once a month on Google Hangouts. But we're actually should start using Zoom. So now I use Zoom and I like it. Yeah. Uh, so it's basically changed my life and it's changed these people's lives. Like they thank me to this day. I'm like, I just started it. Like you guys, it's not like me. Like I try not to take any credit, there's too much credit for it. But like it was, it's just totally changed their lives and we are, we're great friends. So anyway, I was like, let's, there's a need for that you know, in NARPM, in our space. And so I thought nobody's doing a one day event or an actual in-person. So I want to get all the value you get in a mastermind in eight or nine months through one hour calls in one, you know, day. That's awesome. And, and so it's called the list because I was thinking I make a list of everything I want to do. And then I sit by myself and call people and whatever. But what if I could just talk about that in front of everyone and get their feedback? They'd be like, Oh, don't do that. Like I, I did that, like, or call this person. It's like, so I really want to help people build a bigger future. That's what my whole podcast, and my whole mantra is about, whether it be my team or my clients. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to get there. Um, the final format hasn't been released yet, but we're going to be sending it out. But basically it's going to start with like golden nuggets. Like, Hey, everyone's got to bring, what are three to five golden nuggets that you're going to share with everyone that you want? Like everyone's giddy about three or five things like, Oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. So everyone's going to do that. Then we're going to do hot seat where everyone's going to have half an hour to kind of three biggest challenges. We might only get to one, but we might get all three or opportunities. How can we help? So hot seat from your peers. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're going to have a speaker. We're going to, um, you know, review and make sure everyone has like a three, one, three year, one year and quarterly goal so that we know where we're working towards. People can help get clarity on that. Yeah. And then the rest is just old fashioned kind of like networking and, you know, getting yeah, well, my needs yeah. wants and answered and all that stuff so we're oh, cool. excited to have you matt yeah that's exciting man that's really awesome there. yeah extremely cool, valuable that's very cool yeah man so that's uh that's what we're doing cool that's awesome uh well uh in respect to your time and i know we all got some stuff to do i would love to do this again yeah um, and really appreciate yeah. all the advice i think there's a lot uh that we can take away from this yeah Definitely. Yeah. I learned some stuff too. So good stuff guys. Um, love the energy and, uh, you'll be doing big things for sure. I, I can see it. So, um, let's stay in touch. I'd love to do it again. For awesome, sure, man. man. Sounds keep, good. Keep the podcast coming. We love it. Yeah. We like right it. Right on, man. We'll do. Peace. See ya. Peace. See, see you guys. Steve Welty. It was, uh, so nice to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better and, uh, really just find these things that we had in common and, um, things that we didn't have in common, things that uh, we learned from each other um, about business and about property management. And we are so excited to um, go to your mastermind um, out in California. We are excited to meet you in person. Um, guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed getting to know us and Steve a little bit better. Um, all of Steve's contact info is going to be in the show notes below. If you're an investor in California, please reach out to him. Um, and he will be happy to help you and do so in the highest uh, quality. 
We really appreciate you guys listening. Keep an ear out for upcoming episodes. We release one per week that's new and creative and entertaining. Um, And if you guys liked it, please leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. And look in the show notes below and reach out to us anytime.